You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, good friends, and welcome to a Wednesday morning. Today, Wednesday morning episode of the 10,000 Lay Podcast. I'm Kyle Radke here with Julian Andrews. Julian, it's 7 30 in the morning. Um, yeah. Good morning. Know. Good morning. <laughs> <laughs> this is my most, uh, you know, I'm very, I'm very awake. I'm very productive. Uh, always in the mornings. Not, not really, but, you know, here we are. If you had told 15-year-old Kyle that he'd be more productive <laughs> at 7 in the morning than he would be at 7 at night, he'd, he'd be con- very confused and Dude, flustered. I know. But, I know. Um, I, this has been a shift for me, too. Because I feel like, so I feel like when we used to do the pod at the Wolves, we never liked recording, like, in the afternoon. Yeah, energy was down. Because energy was low. But then now it's like, okay, like, I thought that doing this after work would be the move. But now it's like, when I'm done with work, I don't have the energy for this. Yeah. I actually do have more energy in the morning, seven thirty in the morning. Yeah, angry. Um, before we get into the podcast, thanks our thanks to our friends at DraftKings. Um, you guys, the, the playoffs are here. Um, we had some great playing games last night. Um, well, great is probably an overstatement, but <laughs> um, we have two more tonight, and then we have uh, you know one one each night throughout the week, and then the the real playoffs start. Uh, go to DraftKings, put together a lineup. Um, it's awesome. Uh, I love playoff basketball lineups. They're a lot of fun. You don't have, like in late in the season for the NBA, you always have to worry about like what random ninth string guy is going to put up 30 points. And like, yeah, that's so unpredictable in the playoffs. You actually know like the seven or eight man rotation. That's always going to play. So um, download the top rated DraftKings app now and use the promo code TBPN when you sign up to get your free shot at $20,000 in total prizes every day um, in the, during the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your huge shot cash prizes. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time. Only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. DraftKings.com for more details. Um, Julian, our podcast today, we have some Timberwolves news to talk about. And then um, I, I kind of alluded to it last podcast. There's kind of like three stats I just want to go through from the Timberwolves season. And obviously there's plenty more that we could dive into um, and we probably yeah. will throughout the off season when we do kind of off season assessment and stuff like that. Um, and then we just have some, some overall NBA stuff, but um, you texted this to me yesterday. You didn't, you didn't break the news, but um, you broke the news to me. Well, um, we don't so know that, that but that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, the Timberwolves, uh, Woj reported yesterday that the Timberwolves will not bring back Brian Gates or David Vanterpool. Um, there were two, Highly esteemed assistance um, underneath Ryan Saunders. And it's really, I guess it's not really a surprise. Um, Brian Gates seems to go in a new place every every year or two. Um, 
which means that people like him um, and he probably enjoys kind of hopping around. Um, the Vanderpool situation is obviously like such a weird one because everybody thought he might get the Timberwolves job once or if Ryan Saunders faltered and then Ryan Saunders did falter and then the team didn't really even consider him and the NBA made a statement about how they should have interviewed him more and blah, blah, blah. Um, I mean, I, could the situation really have gone any worse for Vanderpool? And no, Minnesota? I mean, yeah. You don't really expect Vanderpool to stick around after that. I mean, that's what everybody was saying, right? Is that the, the loss of Vanderpool was one of the, you know, you know, blowbacks of the fact that they handled the situation so poorly. So, yeah, I guess it, you know, I guess he was the lead assistant, but yeah, he didn't really, I mean, he never really got an opportunity to coach the team. And now he, and he left a place in Portland where he was very well loved and where there's another coach on the hot seat right now. Yeah. <laughs> Whether or not you think his thoughts should be there. Um, I think there are definitely some rumblings. So you've got to think that if he had stuck around in Portland, I don't know if Stotts got fired, like maybe that's, maybe that's uh that's a job for him, but I don't know. I, I mean, Vanderpool will get another job. Um, he's very well liked around the association. And I think that honestly, there, there's going to be some head coaching up openings this summer. Yeah. Um, I don't know who they're going to be exactly. I think it's, it's not like, I think in previous years where there are a bunch of really obvious coaches that are going to get fired for sure. Um, but there's gotta be some opportunities and he'll definitely be in the mix for those. Yeah, hopefully he gets interviewed and then and hopefully wherever he does end up, it, it's in a spot where, you know, I guess my ideal spot for him would be a winning team where he can, if he's not a head coach, where he can at least because otherwise you look back and go, OK, he was one of the main assistants on a Timberwolves team that was a complete dumpster fire for a year and a half. Yeah. Um, and that's not on him. You know, that's on the, the organization. But like, I don't know, just them wanting to I think their plan was. Vanderpool will be here for a year or two and then he'll go somewhere and be a head coach or he'll be our coach. Right. And then basically he get kind of got sideswiped by his own team. And um, I can't imagine like he's a super hot commodity just given how the, the Timberwolves season went. But um, yeah, I think yeah. there's still some of that equity though, that he had in Portland from, in from Portland previous years, yeah. previous years that will help, that will still help him get another job. But um, I, yeah, it's, it, it's a bummer. It's definitely a bummer. Uh, in more Timberwolves news, they end the season 23 and 49. They, they beat the Mavericks on the last night, which um, moved them from tied for the fifth worst record with Cleveland to sole spot of the sixth worst record. 26.6% um, chance or 27.6% chance to keep their pick. Of course, that means they have a, if my math is right, a 72.4% not to keep it. Mm -hmm. Um you know, we'll see. We've we've talked about this a lot, um, but those are just the odds. So when when the lottery's in June, we'll we'll chat more. Um, Julian, three stats from the NBA season from from the Wolf season particularly that I found interesting. Um, the first, this one will make you happy, um, but I mean, there, there's constantly the disrespect for for Carl Anthony Towns, um, and I somewhat kind of get it with like the winning, and I've been on that train yeah, before. For sure. Sure. Um, but like just looking at his stats, he played in 50 games this year. Um, obviously not where probably where he wanted to be as, as far as games played, but, um, you know, 25 points, 10.6 rebounds, career high, 4.5 assists, um, 49% from the field, um, or, you know, 48.6, which is actually a career low, but, um, you know, 38.7% <laughs> from the three point, like 
the, the Carl Anthony Towns in, in his age 25 season, he continues to just put up monster numbers. Um, you know, like, and then, you know, you just look at the, the over the course of the season, um, the Wolves were 19 and 31 with Towns in the lineup and four and 18 without him. And I'm going to do some quick math here and let's do a little back of the napkin math. Uh, front of the phone calculator math. Yeah. So over the course <laughs> of, yeah, which is what how actually was. So over the course of a full season, um, if Towns plays in every game, the Wolves win. And this is without putting in Russell or looking at anything else. I mean, it's 31 wins, which obviously not where you want to be, but obviously, but then still not one of like the worst team, like one of the worst teams in the league. Like, so, I mean, I mean, the whole thing was always Towns couldn't do it alone. Right. I mean, no, no player could do it with, I mean, I don't think any player would have that much success. If you take Russell Edwards, like if you just put Towns with like the worst players on the team, as happened or a lot. Although Edwards was healthy for a lot of the year, but he wasn't playing super well. Yeah, I think if you take like that beginning of the season Wolves team and put Towns on it, or put any anybody on it, um, I don't know how much success you're going to have. But no, I mean it's it's really impressive that Towns has managed to keep doing this. I mean, his you're right, his numbers were a little bit down from last year, um, but. I think he, I mean, to me, he looked just as good um, yeah. once he got his rhythm going. I think it took him a while to get his feet back under him, which is totally understandable. Um, so I think if you kind of grant him some of those, maybe his first five, 10 games, really, really impressive. And I th- it seems like he's gotten better on defense. He seems more mature. He seems like his leadership is improving. So I think what you've seen from Towns is exactly what you want to see. If yeah, you're the Wolves. I agree. That's a good point in the leadership. Um because his talent has never been questioned, but I think like those outbursts of, I don't know, I don't know if like Carlisms, I don't know, like yeah. where, where he just does stuff and you're like, oh, that's right. You're 23 or he says something and you're like, ugh, like, that's not like what, you know, you like, yeah. nobody can look, listen to what he says and be like, oh, that's a leader. But slowly it seems like he's turning into the, like, I just read a book about having to be a leader. And then basically just being like, okay, I'm just gonna like, I, I think, like in a sense, we all want people to be, it reminds me of Kevin Martin when he was with the Timberwolves. I remember they all wanted him to be a leader and we interviewed him and he said the funniest, like Flip Saunders said, like, okay, I want, we want Kmart to be more of a leader this year. And we asked him about becoming a leader. And he said, well, I guess I'll try to do that. I've never really done that before. And it was always just like a funny thing because like, in my mind, you don't like try to be a leader. You just kind of are that. And um, everybody's a leader in different ways. And this goes from whether you're at a corporate job or what, you know, wherever you are in life. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's like so many, and I think Carl has finally gotten out of that. Like I need to be a leader and into like, I'm just going to be me. And like, hopefully as the best player on the team yeah. who works hard, that will just have a trickle down effect. Yeah. I think that there are skills that you can build around being a leader. Like, I think there's like, there is an active component to, to it, but at the same time, I think a big part of that is not being, as you're saying, always, I'm the leader. I have to do this. I have to <laughs> yeah. do this. So, so I, I don't know. And I think Edwards has helped Towns. Um, I think Edwards' attitude and his energy has kind of helped Towns. I feel like Edwards is kind of the 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 other side to t- to the Towns' leadership that the team has needed because that isn't coming from D'Lo. You know, D'Lo is. Yeah. You know, I think D'Lo kind of turned it around towards the end of the season on the court. You know, I, I see yeah. it. I get it. Um, and, I, you know, I'm still 
after kind of seeing what they did, I'm optimistic about that pairing. But he's not the off-the-court compliment to Towns. I really think that's Edwards. And it's really great that they got him because that was sorely needed. Yeah, I agree. And we can let, let's hop into him then right away. Um, so Edwards, over his last 15 games, 24 points, 6 rebounds, 4 assists, 1.2 steals, 48.5% from the field, 36.7% from the three-point line. We've gone over this before. He probably won't win Rookie of the Year. Um, just given the, the, the odds, but the, those aren't rookie of the year numbers. Those are all-star numbers. Um, and yeah. granted it's a small sample size, but I think if you're a Timberwolves fan, the, probably the most, um, inspiring thing is just to look at his efficiency throughout the season. Yeah. Um, the shooting let's, I mean, let's look at his true shooting percentage going month to month. So in December 52%, which I mean, there's four games. So let's wash that out. January 46%, February 46.5%. March, 51.9%. April, 55.4%. May, 65.4%. Um, so if you like, if, and, and then, you know, his plus minuses reflect that too. Um, like in the, in the, in May, those May games, he was a plus seven, 7.8 plus minus. Um, you know, the previous months before that, he was, he went from 11 point negative 11.5 to minus three. Um, I mean, he, like, I'm yeah. If, if you're watching Timberwolves games throughout the season, you're like, man, I, I really think Edwards has progressed and he looks really good. Um, but maybe it's, maybe it's just my eyes. Nope. It's not, not your, yeah. like, it's <laughs> like he has gotten a lot better and he's taking smarter shots and um, he's learning. And it seems like just, he's being in positions to win. And um, like over the last 15 games, he's the, the wolves are a plus three when he's on the court and he's playing 35 minutes per game. So um, you know, <laughs> You got to figure out something for the, for those, the, the, you know, the rest of the time, I guess, when he's not on the court, but um, I, I mean, I, it, I mean, it is passing to, there's just like so many other places. I you know. can look, he started out averaging 1.8 assists and in May he averaged almost five. And that's you know, his like, rebounding. It's just, it, he just makes, he could become this kind of, I see this blueprint for this like 25, five and five guy with gr- good percentages. And it's like, Oh my God, like I know. And that's the Dwayne like, Wade comparison is not crazy. Yeah. And I mean, th- it gets to the point where it's like, we're, we're going to talk about rookie of the year and like ball will probably win and whatever. And we had that podcast a, a week or two ago. And like, I mean, I watched ball last night and I mean, that was, that was a tough game for the Hornets all around, but apparently those stats don't mean anything because they're not in the season and they're not postseason, So they're just like this weird. <laughs> yeah. I just looked, I was like, well, I was like, hell. I was like, how did the Hornets finish again? Cause I was like, were they that much better than the wolves? They had still had a losing record. Yeah. Um, but then I looked up the Hornets and it said they were zero and one. Oh, and one did. So I was yeah. like, all right, I guess. Tough year. I but guess it gets to the point it. where it's like, we're going to have all these Twitter debates and whatever about rookie of the year, but like, it really doesn't matter because we'll go into next year and like, Ball is going, they're going to build their team around ball and the wolves are going to build their team around Edwards and towns and they're going to be different players. But, um, you know, like th- those, well, is Anthony Edwards actually Dion waiters? No, he's not fucking Dion waiters. Like I've watched yeah, 50 games this season and he's not Dion waiters. Like I've, I've watched, I, I've watched 10 games of Dion waiters to tell you that Anthony Edwards <laughs> is not Dion. Like, yeah. Like, is he wildly inefficient some nights? Sure. But like just by looking through the season, he has gotten so much better night after night. Um, and 
you know, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't think I could be higher on him just by looking at the numbers going into the offseason um, and saying, like, okay, if you work on your three-point shot and if you work on your um, playmaking skills as far as a ball handler and a passer, it's like, okay. I mean, he's already initiating the offense on a team with three point guards on it. Um, you know, how does that look next year? And how does that look when you give Chris Finch, um, who we'll get into in a second, a full off season to kind of plan about or plan around where he wants to put these yeah. guys in a position to succeed. So, um, you know, we're, we're, the Wolves have a lot of work to do on their roster next season, but when you just look at their top four guys in towns, Russell Edwards and Beasley, you're like, oh, okay. Like we have some work to do yeah. after that. And whether, you know, if they keep their pick, obviously that goes a long way in helping that. And, um, I forgot you know, about Beasley. Yeah. So, I mean, like it's good. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 normally I'm negative. So I don't want to get too optimistic, especially this early in the morning. Um, it only leads, it only leads to heartbreak. Um, <laughs> okay. So, uh, if you know, I don't think anybody's having this conversation, but if anybody is out there asking whether the Timberwolves made the right decision in firing Ryan Saunders, well, I don't know what to tell you. Um, cause I like Ryan as a, as a friend, but, um, the Wolves were 16 and 25 with Chris Finch as their head coach and seven and 24 with Ryan Saunders. Um, it is worth noting in those 31 games with, with Saunders as a coach towns missed 20 games. So, um, with that 38 win percentage, what are you looking at? Like another seven wins. So you're actually probably with well, a win percentage would probably be pretty close if towns was able to play in those games. But, um, it did just seem like there was probably a different energy when yeah. Finch took over. And I don't, I think that there's something to be said for Ryan's relationships with the players. And that's important for younger players and instilling that confidence. Like I think that type of relationship is huge for guys like Josh Akogi and Jarrett Culver and, mm-hmm. um, whatever, but there's more calculated, uh, there's more a calculated approach when Finch took over and you could just tell from the play calls and the way the offense was kind of run. It was um, kind of an outside eye, I think, you know, yeah. like Jared, you know, Jared Culver and Josh Kogi were also not very good. So it's out. kind of, so it's kind of like, yeah, those relationships are good, but, it, but if you're trying to make a winning team, like you have to prioritize playing the guys who are going to help you win. And I don't want to criticize Ryan because I think he also is totally set up for failure. Um, At the same time, I think that having kind of a fresh perspective, a lot of the guys kind of talked about how Finch simplified things for them. That makes a lot of sense to me. There was so much institutional knowledge from Ryan just because he's been in the organization for so long. It's like what he was doing was probably a composite of so many other systems that he had worked under, um, and I just, I don't know. I just think that sometimes bringing in a new perspective and a, a new leadership can be helpful on, on its face, even if even if they're not doing things that are all that functionally different. Um, so I think that having just a new person to listen to and a new person to guide the team, now that will wear off. Mm-hmm. So so the real test of, of Finch's coaching ability is going to be next year when he has a full season and is not the new guy and is not the fresh perspective and all the players, you know, get annoyed with him when their minutes aren't there. And, you know, these things are going to happen. Like this is the NBA. Um, but I think that, I think that what we've, what we've seen from Finch, you should be optimistic. I mean, he did, he helped Edwards a lot, it seems like. And I don't know what, how much of that was just Edwards kind of developing on his own. 
I don't know how much of that was Finch kind of changing up the playbook and putting the ball in his hands more. I don't know. But, um, I mean, Finch has certainly earned the benefit of the doubt. So I guess yeah. we'll see what happens. It's always such a tricky balance because you hear these coaches that are just like hard asses. Um, and I don't, I, have, I don't know what Finch is like. It seems like he's probably in the middle of like the players coach and like the hard Yeah, the players coach. seem to like him. They're not yeah. like, oh, he's a it, disciplinarian. But it's that weird like respect thing where like you get respect early um, just because that's what you do, benefit of the doubt. But if the wins don't come, then I think you lose that. And I think right. that's where the Ryan Saunders thing was like, he, you went into it and there was like the nepotism of, you know, his dad being the coach and like, does mm -hmm. he deserve it? And like, I will say if anybody deserved it, I do think Ryan did. I mean, you could point the finger and say other people might've deserved it more. I don't know. I don't, like, I don't, I don't know, but I don't know. I don't want to have that conversation. Cause it's like to say Ryan didn't put in the work is discrediting Ryan. Right. Um, yes. 100%. But then I think there's a point where it's like, well, when your team hasn't really been set up for success and your GM has been eyeing the, you know, the hot girl he next wasn't, door. He wasn't the like, right coach for the, for that team. Yeah. Or, I mean, the argument is he was the perfect coach for the team and that's what they want. You know what I mean? Like, like Rosas was like, Hey, let's get the number one pick or let's get a top pick. Um, um, yeah. yeah. We're not going to like, let's put our pieces of the puzzle together for 2022. Um, you know, the, the PR play is to have Ryan as my coach for a year and a half and we'll let him go. And nobody can really say that we, we didn't give him every opportunity and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, I am optimistic of a full off season of Chris Finch, who seems like just a basketball nerd, just diving in and um, yeah, seeing what he can do. Uh, news around the league. The Pacers absolutely crushed the Hornets. Um, like it's, Julian, I see you editing on our sheet. Yeah. Um, isn't it Nets? Oh, you're right. Shoot. Yeah, we'll get into that. Hey. Um, but Pacers crush the Hornets, which sets up a uh, um, Pacers versus Wizards um, fight for the eighth seed. And then the Celtics will play the, the Nets. Um, if it makes you feel better, Julian, I thought that the Celtics were going to play the the 76ers too because for some that's reason I, I, the 76ers still aren't the number one seed in my mind but they are they actually that's real life uh tatum was a story of the night he scored 50 points in the win over the wizards um i don't know i mean i guess if you're the if you're the 76ers would you, you'd rather play the pacers probably i guess not yeah. that it really matters i guess i mean if you're the 76ers and you can't beat the wizards then I, yeah, I mean, you're not way. the team that you think you are. I like, <laughs> I, but it, I don't know. Like I in my like, mind, though, like yes, the, you would 100 percent rather play the Pacers than deal with Beal and, and Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I like because as for as many ways as like Westbrook can ruin a game for you, it seems like there's one game where he'll just like will the team to win, and all of a sudden you're like, shit, we just lost in Philadelphia in game now two. We have to play another game. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, he was disappointing last night. I I don't really know. I'm. I don't know. I don't need to break down Wizards Celtics in great detail, but 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 at the same time, I was kind of I was kind of wanted the Wizards to win that. And then yeah, the Pacers. I mean, I think that was a surprise because the people have kind of shit on the Pacers the last few weeks with yeah. like, their weird coaching, um, like yelling thing. It seems like nobody on the team likes their head coach, um, but it's like one of those like hate relationships where they're like, yeah, yeah. we're we're doing it, but we're not doing it for you. Yeah, right. They're like bonded around hating him yeah. so much. But like he can't get fired because then they lose that bond. Um yeah, uh, and then Celtics Nets. Um 
which is a pretty intriguing first round matchup. Actually. Um, I know that the Celtics haven't been able to get on the same page all year long. Um, and I get like, but you know, it, I don't, they're not a better team without Jalen Brown, but I wonder if it just opens up the offense more for two or three games. Um, Maybe like you could see Tatum and like Kemba Walker take more of like a, front seat and maybe it opens up some ball movement. Um, you'd rather have them in the lineup than not. I'm just trying to think of like, could there be like a weird, like two or three game weird fluke stretch out of this? Um, yeah, we, I just we think already without, saw one game. I think without Jalen Brown, you're just getting way too much Evan Fournier and he has yeah. not been that good. And I mean, just trying to defend the nets too. Right. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I, the Celtics are fine. Um, they've had a weird season. They've had they've dealt with a lot of injuries, which sucks. I you know, I I, I think that they're better than their record. Probably I, well, I don't know. I don't think any team in the NBA is better than their record. I think that's kind of a bullshit expression. But I think that the Celtics can play well. Mm-hmm. I don't think that they are one of the teams that you're like they they you know they're just stuck in whatever. I don't know. I think that they they can put together a couple of games. I also think they have no chance against the Nets. I, I yeah. I just can't. I just can't see it. I mean, I don't think very many teams have a chance against the Nets. Like, period. But you know, eh, yeah. I guess Tatum can go for fifty. But what was last night's like? Last night's game, they they won by ten, and Bradley Beal and or maybe they won by twelve. But like Beal and Westbrook were like the only guys with more than twenty points. Yeah. And, and Tatum had to drop 50. Like, I just, I don't think, like, that. the effort that we saw last night was, like, great, and I'm, you know, good for them for winning, but that's not going to get it done against the Nets. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I Like, the East and the West are completely opposite, yeah. where it seems like the first and, like, the, you know, one versus eight and the two versus seven are just kind of washes. And then you go to the West where it's like, fuck. Um, and you're the Suns, and you're like, shit, we have to play the Warriors or the, the Lakers in that first round. Yeah. And it's like, uh, like he was, and he was like, it was so funny, his, his interview too, because he was like cautiously opted. He's like, well, yeah, but chances are we'll get the number two seed and we'll learn, lose in the first round or, you know, whatever. And I'm like, dude, shut up. You've had a great season. And now you look and you're like, oh, God. Yeah. Man. Actually, probably seems, they'll be not be favored in that series. That seems realistic. Uh, yeah. But in the West, um, we're going to get this out on Wednesday morning or afternoon sometime. So hopefully, if you're listening to this, you'll see that. Um, or these will all be um, timely. Um, tonight we have the Spurs and Grizzlies, and then obviously the moneymaker will be the Lakers and Warriors. So if if the Lakers win, which I'm guessing they're probably like seven and a half point favorites or something, um, they will go on to play the um, the Suns. They'll be the number seven seed. And then um, it'll probably be, my guess would be Warriors, Grizzlies would play for the eight seed or, you know, whoever wins the Spurs Grizzlies and the loser of that game. Um, you know, it would be like, you talked about this, Julian, it would be a freaking real hoot if the Lakers lost and all of a sudden it was Lakers Grizzlies for the Lakers to go to the playoffs. I would enjoy that more than that would anything be awesome. in my entire life. And then we'd get, and then we'd get, and I also think that Lakers jazz and Phoenix Warriors would be better. Yeah. Be I, I would rather watch those series. So I'm definitely rooting against the Lakers. I'd be really tonight excited. and tonight only. I am a Golden State fan. I would. I'm really excited to hear the LeBron James quotes if they lose on how yeah. he hates the plan. And I, I'm a, I'm a LeBron guy. One thing, if you go to LeBron's Twitter, there was some stat about um, like only certain players have done this 19 years in a row or whatever, like some scoring thing, which is super impressive actually. 
And then LeBron, the thing is, he doesn't he does this all the time where he goes, funny how nobody talks about me as a scorer, one of the all-time great scorers. And do they not like, do they not talk about it? They do, but we do talk. Like the three and I wouldn't tweet this because I I actually really like LeBron. I think he's done like so many positive things for the league and um but he's you know awesome. But, like, but he's yeah. awesome. But the fact that he has to keep reminding us how awesome he is, I know, makes me just like, yeah, we get it, man. Like you're really good. But if you don't it's, think it's you're just, one of the all-time breaks, every single conversation is around you and MJ, who is like the god. So yeah, um, like it's just like chill. Yeah, uh, he's just that, got that that dad energy insecure dad energy he is yeah he is like no i yeah it's like it's like the insecure um um like divorce dad energy <laughs> right or like he's constantly like he gets his kid for a weekend every month and he's like hey i, I did this did you see? and it's like yeah dad i saw that thanks um see this pool table i put in the basement yeah i did that yeah yeah we, we know you did it who else would do it <laughs> Um, we we constantly say, I love you, dad. What do you want from us? Uh, okay. Uh, things got weird. Um, Julian, thank you for waking up early. Um, yeah, you got it. This is fun. recording early. Yeah. Um, if you, if we get more listenership on this one, maybe we'll just do it all the time. Uh, all right, sweet. Um, I've got a shower. I got to go to work. So cool. Um, Same. All right. Good to see you, man. Um, everybody thanks for listening and we'll talk to you next time. <laughs>